Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments from the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm your host, Philip Wells, and this is episode 125. We begin today with a special peace devotion by Pastor Matthew Molstead. Pastor Molstead is a pastor at Peace Lutheran Church, an ELS congregation in North Mankato, Minnesota. Peace devotions are short, gospel-centric video devotions, which are posted weekdays to Facebook and YouTube. You can find out more at peacedevotions.com. Back when I was in high school, I worked a few summers building houses, and it was a great experience. One thing I remember about it in particular was my yearning for rest, break. When's first break? When's lunch? When do we get done? It was the thing that was always on my mind. And it wasn't that I hated the job so much, it was that I just grew so tired. Tired of carrying things from one place to another. Tired with aching muscles working out in the hot sun. There are many things in life that cause us to grow tired, make us weary, in need of rest. We think of certainly the heavy burden and weight and guilt of our sin. But also, maybe for others, the weight and burden of their salvation. The wondering, have I done enough to make myself right with God? Sad to say, sometimes even as Christians, we hear the wrong message. Jesus saved you, yes, but now you got to do your part. Now you got to try harder to live like a Christian, to make yourself acceptable to God. Jesus didn't come to make our burden heavier. He didn't come to give us a stricter law or even to be a life coach whispering in our ears the you oughts and you shoulds and you must. Rather, Jesus says in Matthew 11:28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the one who takes our burden of sin upon his shoulders at the cross. More importantly in this regard, Jesus has lived a perfect life, not simply as your example to live like Jesus, but he has lived a perfect life in your place. There is nothing more that has to be done. As he said on the cross, it is finished. It's that message that brings true relief and rest. As you go forward this week, and as you listen to and read God's word, I invite you to look for, not the you shoulds and the you musts and the you oughts, but to look for those phrases in Scripture that bring comfort. The God is your salvation, the you are forgiven, the it is finished. And find your rest in Christ. Amen. Next up, we have Jesus, Refuge of the Weary, a song by Koine from their album, The Vine. Jesus, refuge of the weary, blessed Redeemer whom we love. Fountain in life's desert dreary, Savior from the world above. Oh, how oft your eyes open with gaze up. 
Next up, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 39, 19-25. The final three ordinary creatures that the Lord uses in his questions are fierce, fearless, and strong. The horse, the hawk, and the eagle. Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make it leap like a locust, striking terror in it with its proud snorting? It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength, and charges into the fray. Now, horses were not generally ridden in Palestine until after the Assyrian crisis. They were feared, respected, used primarily as draft animals. The Assyrians and Egyptians used them to pull their chariots. And although David captured chariots and horses in 2 Samuel 8 and 2 Samuel 10, I think it was Solomon who was the one who began to adopt them really for his own purposes, especially after 1 Kings 9. Notice the comparison between the charging horse and the advancing locust swarm. The term locust here, arbe, means the many. In the NIV, that's the great locust in Joel 1. It is the usual Hebrew term for a swarm of adult locusts, like the plague of locusts in Egypt in Exodus 10. And incidentally, the head of a locust resembles to many people a horse's head. Locusts were seen as a judgment, and charging horses were seen as nothing less. They are terrifying. Next one. Uh, Still about the horse. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with a flashing spear and lance. In frenzied excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, it snorts. Aha! It catches the scent of battle from afar, the shout of commanders and the battle cry. In our own time, we could imagine God upping the ante. Only 12 men have walked down the moon. But God holds the sun and all the stars in the palm of his hand. How many men have swum the deepest trenches of the ocean? But the Lord is there. He sees the little blind fish. When the airplane and spaceship break apart in the sky, who but God alone listens and answers the prayers of the terrified? When the explorer freezes in the Antarctic or the sailor perishes at sea, who but the Lord is there to receive them into eternal life? When the sinner repents silently in the dark watches of the night, His maker hears him. His Lord forgives. In all of God's list in Job, this is the only animal, the horse, that man has domesticated. Yet the horse can still go wild, can still get beyond our control. The point of this section is is that God is still in control. He is the horse's true master. He is the creator of everything. What man's skill and cunning can just about grasp God knows and uses perfectly. We are at peace because the God who made the terrifying and powerful creatures of the world is the same God who watches over us, who came into the world to rescue us from our sins, and who has promised us a place with him in heaven forever. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. And now it's time to tell the story with Luke Italiano. Three years of sunless skies, three years of empty bellies, three years of starving in a drought. And now finally, things were going well. Elisha had lived through the three years of drought, 
He had seen so many of his friends beg Bale to send rain. And then, two months ago, the prophet Elijah had sent out a call for all to come to Mount Carmel, and there he had had a showdown with the prophets of Baal. And there, the one true God had proved that Baal was nothing, and that the one true God, he is God. And the rains came. The one true God proved how good he was. He called the people to repentance, and then showered them with blessings. And now for two months, Elisha had scrambled with his family, planting, preparing fields, doing everything they could in the newfound rain, in the glorious rain, in the life-giving rain. Elisha was out with the servants, twelve teams of oxen. Have you ever actually plowed with oxen before? getting that big wooden collar around them, attaching the plow, walking behind the oxen, pushing down the plow, your head, your, your feet covered in mud, caked in mud, your knees bloody for the times you've slipped and fallen, your body just pouring sweat, and Elisha driving that team of oxen so they could plant at long last. And then suddenly there's something on his shoulders. What? And he looks, someone's put a cloak on him. And he looks around and there's a man walking away. And the man turns just enough. And Elisha sees. It's Elijah. It's the prophet. And he put his cloak on me. He, he put his cloak on me. He, he wants me to walk in his footsteps. He's, he wants me to, to take up after him. He wants me to be a prophet. At long last, everything was going well. But Elisha sprinted away from it after the prophet. He chases after him and finally catches up and begs, Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I'll come after you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? And Elisha goes back. And he takes his oxen, and he takes the yoke, and he takes the yoke and he uses it as kindling, makes a fire. He slaughters the oxen and shares the food with the servants and anyone he can find around, celebrating. Things had finally started going right, but now here was something better. God called him to serve. And as good as it was to serve his family, as good as it was to work in that manual labor, serving God was better. After everyone had eaten, Elisha set out to follow after Elijah and become his attendant. Now, brothers and sisters, Elisha left everything Because he knew how good God is. You too. Use the blessings he's given you in ways that are God-pleasing. But you will do that by keeping your eyes on God and knowing how good he is to you. That he sent his son to die for you and claim you as his child. 
And the story is true. We end our time together with a song from Branch's Band. This song is Save Us and Restore Us, based off Psalm 80, and it comes from their newest album, simply titled Psalms. Oh, shepherd of Israel, awaken your might. You sit among the cherubim, shine forth your light. You lead Joseph like a flock with power and restore us cause your face to shine come to save us and restore us cause your face to shine how long will your anger burn against our prayers you have fed us with and made us drink a river's worth of tears our our neighbors deride. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. Oh Lord, the vine you planted with your own hand had branches reaching to the sea and filling the land. Thou cut down, burned, and ravaged is your sacred vine. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. Let your hand be on the man of your right hand. You have raised up for yourself the Son of Man. Revive us and we will call on your name divine. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. Come to save us and restore us, cause your face to shine. You've been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode 125. This podcast was first shared in November of 2017. Visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com to subscribe, listen to old episodes, or to find links to the artists featured on this show. We'd like to thank Koine and Branches Band for sharing their music with us this week. God's Word for You by Timothy Smith is available as a daily email devotion or in blog form. Visit splnewalm.org to learn more. Episodes of To Tell the Story by Luke Italiano along with PDF transcripts can be found at breadforbeggars.com. Peace devotion videos are posted weekdays to Facebook and YouTube. You can find links to these devotions along with full text transcripts at peacedevotions.com. Once again, my name is Philip Wells, and it has been a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.